Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can check him out on the uh, Best Coast Boys Podcast. You can also follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not much. Just trudging along through Wednesdays, as we say. Yeah. <laughs> Just an, another uh, day towards uh, getting closer towards the draft where we got uh, a week and three days. Is that right? A week yeah, what? Next next Thursday? Yeah, coming week up. Thursday. So very, week very from close. Thursday. We're getting very um, close now. Yeah, I think we're going to get a lot of information now uh, between now and the draft. 99% of it's not going to be true, and that's what's going to make this draft process so much fun. Hmm. Uh, we're going to get to your Twitter questions today. Uh, and let's start with this one from Brandon. I feel like this is a good question that we haven't talked about on this podcast yet. Um, how important is the fifth-year option when considering tr- a trade-down? So the Cowboys pick at 17. If they were to trade down out of the first round completely, like a certain duo did in the Lockdown NFL <laughs> mock draft, uh, they would be kind of passing up on that fifth-year option. How important is that in today's NFL? I, you know, it's important. I mean, that those those cheap years uh, and getting that fifth cheap year out of a first round pick is is it but is it that important anymore i mean byram is the last fifth round or fifth year option the cowboys used right because zeke you know they they paid zeke before he even got close to that i i I think it's yeah i think it's valuable if if the plan is to 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 definitely keep the player I, i think in our case where we traded down I think it was very valuable because I think it makes the trade up for a team that's coming into the first round more yeah. palatable because you're not just getting draft position, you're actually getting another year. So for teams uh, that are you know coming up for a quarterback or coming up from a, a player for a player that they think is highly talented but maybe needs some seasoning, that extra that extra year of cheap labor, uh, you know, especially in the mid round, mid to f- mid first to lower part of the round, that's extremely cheap labor for a pl- usually the players that you get there. Uh, I think that that has value because it makes, like I said, it makes the trade up into the round more enticing, right? Because y- even if you have a quarterback uh, who is you think may make it to the top of the second round, you may be willing to pay a little bit extra just to secure an extra season of that player. You know, especially if you're you're in the kind of team building exercise where you feel like you want to get a, a, a young, talented quarterback on, on a cheap deal, that gives you one extra year of that window of cheap quarterbacking play uh, that you that you can use to you know go on a Super Bowl run to, to give you one extra year. So I think sure. it has value, um, but it also the value kind of varies depending on. You know, what you're doing, like what position you're drafting, if you're trading up, if you're trading back. I think it just, I don't know that it's uh, life-altering always, but I think it, it definitely can be the difference between a trade going down, uh, interest in a trade, um, you know, whether or not you take one player or another because you want to secure that extra year. I, I think it, it has value and it has a noticeable heft to it. Uh, I just think that it's not... Uh, boilerplate. I think it's it's very dependent yeah. on yep. on the situation and what you know 
whether you're what you're drafting and, and, and what you're looking for. So I used to be a big proponent of don't trade out of the first round. You know, pick 32 is infinitely more valuable than pick 33 because you get the fifth year option. Um, but my stance has kind of changed on it over the last couple of years because I feel like the fifth year option is really only valuable for players that are somewhere in between great and bad, right? Because you have to decide on whether you want to give the fifth year option before the fourth season of a player, I believe. So like for this year, it would be 21, 20, 21, 22. So going into the 2023 season, the Cowboys would need to decide whether or not they want to give the fifth year option. If a player is really good, more than likely you're just going to give them a contract extension right away and you're not even going to worry about that fifth year option. If a player is really bad, let's say like a Taco Charlton, you're not going to give them the fifth year option anyway. So it's really only for the guys that you're still trying to figure out a little bit. So uh, Byron Jones is a good example of why the fifth year option worked, right? Uh, after three years, the Cowboys weren't necessarily sure what he was. Was Is he a safety? Is he a corner? Uh, they put the fifth-year option, got two years of solid cornerback play, and then moved on. I, I, it just feels like anymore the fifth-year option is being used less and less. We're seeing guys get extended earlier uh, so they don't hit the free agent market. Um, you know, Christian McCaffrey yesterday, good example, You know, played three seasons. Uh, Carolina doesn't have to worry about the fifth-year option anymore because they've already paid him. I, I just feel like it's not as big of a deal now as it was maybe a couple of years ago. A am I wrong? Oh, ha, sorry, I was on mute. Apologies. I, I, I was just going to say, I, I think that I, 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 don't disagree, I disagree that if it's not being used. I just think that it's being used differently. I, 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 they're still leveraging that fifth year when they're renegotiating these second contracts with these players. So the fifth year does actually show up in the process of creating those second year contracts because you know that's the starting out point for the 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 first year in whatever second deal they're signing. I, I think it has an effect even when they're you know even yep. when technically it's they're signing a deal before that fifth year option comes in if that makes sense. So. I do, I do think you're you're correct in saying that the shape of it has changed. Um, that it's it's not as maybe maybe you're right in saying mm -hmm. that it's not as valuable across the board as we all anticipated several years ago. Uh, but I still think that it's still being used heavily, and that it it's it's uh it's even when they're signing these second deals, having that fifth year option is a leverage point for the teams when they're negotiating with the, with the, with the agents. Yeah. At least it gives them a price point of where maybe the next, you know, cause the first four years are all calculated in based on draft spot. And the fifth year option is uh, a pretty significant bump up based on your positional value. Uh, so it does give them at least a price point to jump off of um, something just to consider. I, I don't think the Cowboys wouldn't trade out of the first round because they don't have that fifth year option. Uh, but it is something to just kind of monitor as we do some of these trade downs. Um, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll answer some more of your Twitter questions. Guys, we talk about physical fitness all the time, but there's another side of the game that is just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body. And Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. 
And if you head to calm.com slash locked on, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. Again, that's 40%. With Calm, you'll have access to the nature scenes that LeBron loves, like rain or leaves, and so much more, like sleep stories and meditation. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash locked on. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on. That's calm.com slash locked on. All right, Lena, this one comes from Jeff. Uh, who do you absolutely not trade away from if he's there at 17? Is there two or three guys that you're just sticking there and picking with despite maybe offers that roll in? I mean, almost any of those guys that we have kind of true first-round grades on, I probably would not trade back from, right? Like, uh, Lamb, Judy, Derek Ruggs, Brown. Henderson, uh, sure. Brown, uh, I mean, Akuda or Simmons. If sure. <laughs> something happens and they fell. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think all those guys I probably and, – and, and even Henderson, I think, what's the deal? Yeah, what's <laughs> I'd have to see what the deal is specifically, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think for you know, it's it's really it's it's those top players that uh, are our first round players. I think that especially if they're at a, a position that we need, I, I don't think I would trade away from. Uh, but almost anybody else, I, I I would if the deal was right. Yeah, there's a couple guys, Lamb and Judy. I probably wouldn't trade away just because I think they're you know they're going to be instant stars in the NFL. Uh, Derek Brown, I wouldn't trade from either. Henderson, yeah, I could certainly trade away from. Chase on, sure. Um, but again, it probably depends on the deal. Um, this next one comes from Austin. During the draft, how are picks normally submitted by teams? And why is there concern about the process with the virtual draft? Um, I can go ahead and answer this one. Uh, this uh, The way that it normally happens is that you're in your own war room, and when you decide to make a pick, there's a certain player that, Call or a certain person in the room that calls to New York or wherever the draft is, and that the Cowboys have a designated person sitting at the table there. They hear the pick, they write it down, they give the the pick to the commissioner. I'm not sure why they're so concerned about the virtual draft. Yeah. All they're going to do is, from what I've heard, is they're going to have a 32 team conference call. When it's your turn, you're going to unmute yourself, say the pick to the commissioner, and then the commissioner is going to read it on, uh, you know, on TV. Uh, are they worried that somebody's going to be able to hack that conference call? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't understand the concern. I don't. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I'm an IT professional uh, by trade, and I found this whole conversation to be hilarious. Uh, first of all, just the terminology being thrown around by by Boomer it's just, is funny. But second of all, um, yeah, I mean uh, – how do you solve this uh, this uh, security uh, flaw? You get two people that know each other on the phone with each other. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is it really that hard? Like, is it really hard for for the NFL how to have a front office member who knows you know a, a representative from all thirty two teams and and can you know get a, a solid phone line to make sure that the, the I mean. It, 
we really are overthinking this. Like, I, 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 do we think that there's going to be somebody who hacks into the, the stream with a Jerry Jones mask and go, oh, we're the 17th pick of the Dallas Cowboys select? Uh, I mean, what are we talking about here? I mean, guys? nobody would ever do that. I can, uh, certainly can't imagine. Uh, I'm certainly not ordering you a Jerry Jones mask and uh, sending you a rootkit password to their, uh, to their network. Man, um, I just I don't understand this. This is not that hard. It's, it's look, I mean, look, we're talking about. Uh, and what's, what's the. What's the worst thing that could happen? Someone actually sends in a, a wrong name or something that the, the, the owners or the GM gets on the phone with one of the hundreds of people that they know in the NFL <laughs> office and says, hey, that wasn't our pick, guys. Someone hacked us. And then they just go back a few seconds. This, this really is not complicated. It no. really isn't, no. doesn't need to be difficult. All parties involved are interested in making sure that it's done correctly. All parties involved are make, are, are 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 you know involved in making sure that there's fairness because they don't want the same thing happening to them. I, I, I don't really it, feel man. like this is a news created story that is being very overhyped. And and honestly, if there is problems, then it's due to a, a failure of imagination by NFL technical officials because. This whole thing. Can I mean, be you're done, right. Like, yeah. This whole thing could be done on a Google spreadsheet with logins, and and that, I mean, and that would you know completely be secure and straightforward and simple. Uh, and well, here, here's the thing. It's not like they they have only a day to figure out how to do this. They've they've known for weeks that they're not going to do the draft in Las Vegas, right? Yeah. It's it shouldn't be that hard. I it's mean, just the, logistics. It's just figuring out uh, like you know flow of information. Okay. You know, when the pick comes up or if there's a trade, uh, there's a group of, of uh, I've got Steven and Will who sit on a separate Zoom call with all of our scouts. We quickly talk it over. And then Steven, you know, turns around and tells the guy who's actually the person making the pick, whose literally only job is just to sit and wait to, t- to hear what Steven says to him. Yeah. You know, it's like you just rearrange the, the lines of communication a little bit. It really it's, doesn't it's need so- to be more difficult than than that you know it's it's, yeah it's i think this is a very overblown story almost anybody who's listening to this podcast right now outside of you probably um has done a fantasy football draft online you you know how (laughs) you know how easy this is it's not that hard they'll get it figured out i'm gonna be i'm gonna be laughing when uh when we see somebody complain about, oh, well, that wasn't the right pick we had. We wanted somebody else, but we just didn't know how to run the community or whatever. It does, it's so, so dumb. Um, all right, Landon, the next one comes from Kevin. Uh, Marcus, you say that a trade down is always possible. It is. Uh, what's the furthest down you'd go if the return was only a third rounder? The value is bad, but the quality of player we'd select might not be any different. May, might as well add more picks, right? Yes, good question. How far would I be willing to drop for a third rounder in this class? I don't know. I, I probably would go down to 28, 29 even. I mean, I just think this. I think the second day of the draft is really good. So I think those picks are really valuable. After the top 12 players in this draft, I really don't see a massive difference between picks, you know, 13 and 35. Like, for instance, we'll, we'll, let's, talk, let's throw in Trevon Diggs, uh, somebody we talked about a lot of the podcast over the last couple of weeks. Is there a big difference between – you know, that player and maybe the guy I'm going to get at 17? I don't think so. I don't think there's a difference between him and Kristen Fulton and A.J. Terrell. So I'm fine dropping down 10 spots and picking up a third-round pick 
What about you? What's the farthest you'd be willing to drop down for a third? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't know, I don't have the the any kind of charts or anything in front of me. No, I just kind of like feel. Yeah. No, yeah, but but based just on feel, like I think that seems right. I honestly, I, my whole thought process is all right. At the point where I'm thinking about trading down, I'm assuming I'm wiped at 17. Um, sure. And, and so, really, if I trade from 17 to you know, really anywhere inside the first round. I mean, that's what I'm saying. You could talk me into like 31 or 32 I, even to yeah, go down. Yeah, like I, I think I'm, I'm good with it because I, I think, you know, the, the truth of the matter is the player that you're going to get at 25 is probably the same player you're going to get at 28. I mean, the level oh, of player, yeah. right? And oh, certain- I, would, I would argue that the player that you're going to get at 25 is the same that you're going to get at 43. Yeah, there's really not a difference. Well, like, and, for and, instance, and the other part, I could see at 17 I, too. You know, I yeah, think oh, yeah. that, that like all the I way. I could see Grant Delpit. I could see Grant Delpit going at 24. I could see him going at 44. You know, that's just one of several guys that I could see going in that range. Yeah, I really don't think there's a difference there. Yeah, I really I would, don't. I mean, that, this this is why, and I've been a, a proponent of this for years. Is that's why I really feel like draft charts should be made every single season. Because yes. the value of the draft is actually inherent to uh, uh, the value of what you're trading. You know, like the, the, the positions and the, and the ebbs and flows of the draft. I mean, if that doesn't feed directly into the value of what you're trading, then I, I don't know what is. But I, I just think, you know, trading back when they're, you're not really losing, trading back 10 spots or for a third versus trading back. 13 spots for a third that doesn't really make a difference when you feel like the talent level is plateaued right so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna not take advantage of an opportunity to trade i would rather take a bath points wise on a trade back than not trade back and then draft somebody at 17 that i don't think is worth that value if that makes sense i would rather Uh, uh lose a trade and still get a pick and and still be able to trade and uh, uh, still get into a spot where I can draft a similar skilled player uh, at, at you know twenty five or twenty eight than to poo poo a trade down offer because it wasn't quite what I wanted it or what the chart says it should be uh, and lose that opportunity and then still draft a similarly talented player at seventeen just despite the not getting you know trade value return on on any trade offer. Yeah, so the perfect example of this is what Dallas did in 2013 Mm -hmm. when they traded back from 18 to 31, right? They were going to take – if they couldn't bail out of that spot at 18, uh, they were going to take Sharif Floyd, um, who ended up being a not-so-great NFL player. They dropped down to 31 and took Travis Frederick. They got the better – the better end of that deal. And they also picked up Terrence Williams in the third round, yep. who obviously I, I was never the biggest Terrence Williams fan, but that's somebody who started on your team for what, four or five years as a, a number two receiver. Yep. Uh, that's, that's a great value there. So that's, it's a perfect example of why and, sometimes you don't have to stress about winning the trade. If you ultimately have a better team coming out of the, out of the deal. And they got totally roasted for the points on that trade. Oh, absolutely! And, and, I remember. And, 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 I remember that, our buddy Mike Fisher wrote a, a scathing article about it afterwards. And you know what? He he was right in the sense that they did not win the trade in terms of the point value. But but that but they absolutely came out ahead in terms of the player. But that's like you know, the, like keeping keeping track of points in a trade value chart is like you know 
keeping track of how much money you have left on uh, at the end of a season on a losing team. What? Why? Sure. Who cares? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like you don't get any extra bonus for getting a a, a, a points value trade on on the on the you know Harvard chart or or for saving <laughs> you know ten million dollars yeah. on your yeah. salary cap when you've had a losing season. You don't. I mean, uh, uh, well, that's different because that that money sure. actually rolls over. But uh, you know what I'm saying, like. Th- those are those are made up uh, 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 metrics to to try to figure out if you're getting proper value. At the end of the right. day, I mean, I think anybody on this team would rather have, uh, you know, if you're gonna pick a player in the first round that you feel eh, about, not excited about, I, it doesn't really matter who it is. You would rather pick a guy that you're that level of excited about and also have an additional third round pick versus not, right? Yeah, like that's, I think I think. Pro Football Focus did a study was about a month ago where there's really no difference in terms of like approximate value per draft position from like picks, I think it was like picks 12 to 24. I mean, they're all interchangeable. Just It just matters who you end up picking. So getting the extra picks and giving your you know yourself more shots at the dartboard uh, is certainly the, the better way to go. It'll be fascinating to see um, if that's the, the direction the Cowboys go if they are, they are wiped out and you know, we've talked about this a couple times. We believe, and please correct me if, if, if I'm wrong, Landon, that C.J. Henderson and Kavalon Chason from LSU are their top two targets. And then there's a drop in talent after those guys. And that's when the Cowboys would consider moving back, correct? Yeah, I mean, I think the plateau after Henderson and, and Chason is gone uh, is what we're talking about, all the way to probably right before the Cowboys pick at 51. You know, it's, it's all... A, a plateau of, of a large mass of probably a round's worth of talent that's all kind of massed together, right? Yep, I agree. Um, let's go to this next question from uh, June Jones's Hawaiian shirts. Love it. Uh, is Cesar Ruiz, the Michigan center, a realistic pick at number 17? Uh, Peter King wrote about it yesterday uh, saying that the Cowboys uh, love Ruiz, but that might be a little bit too rich for them. What do you think about that pick at 17? Uh yeah, I don't I don't think that's likely. I mean, I I just don't I think they like uh a uh I think uh they like what they have in-house uh for their options. I think they they're going to give McGovern a chance to win that job. He's a third-round pick. He's not, you know, like some late-round guy that you're taking a flyer on. If it was just Redmond and Looney, that would be one thing. If it was sure. just Redmond and and uh McGovern, that would be one thing. If it was just Looney and McGovern, that might be one thing. But the fact that you have Looney, Redmond, and McGovern, all of which you feel good about at all kinds of different levels of immediate starter, future pick, you know, developmental mm-hmm. guy, uh, that would be one thing. But you you have all three of those guys, so taking a, 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 an interior offensive lineman, especially a center, in the in the in the first round, to me seems ill advised. Now, now, if you trade down like we just mentioned, two pick. 31, 32, 33, and he happens to be your best player on the board, and you pick up, let's say, a second-round pick, sure, I'm all for it. Like, if he's your best player available there and you want to continue to invest in the offensive line, I'd have no problem there. 17 just feels a bit rich for him. But um, I I do believe that the Cowboys probably like him. I just think first round's a little high. If he falls to the second round, maybe if he's at 51 and the Cowboys have a first-round grade on him, maybe they would consider him there. Uh, but I feel like 17 is too high. That's um, yeah, still a yeah, bit rich for me too, but I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'm definitely more palatable in that situation. Oh, absolutely. 
Um, <laughs> this next one from Carlos. Love this question. Uh, oh, what's the likelihood of Kenneth Murray being the pick at 17? Well, it depends on who you ask, I guess. <laughs> uh, ask me. Uh, I feel Marcus, like it's good. <laughs> Marcus feels like it's a near certainty. No, uh, not a near certainty. I feel like let me let me let me clear this up. Go for it. I feel like Henderson and Chason are so far away their top likely players to be on the board. I don't feel like Henderson's all that likely, but those are the two guys that they want. And then after that, there are a handful of guys that could be in the discussion. And I think Murray is one of the two or three names that would get a lot of mentioning at that spot. Okay. I, that If that's how you feel about it, then I can, I can get on board with that. I, I, I tend, I tend to think that that's, that's where I'm at too. I think that there is a lot of hand wringing that this is the pick and that, and that you know, the, the everyone, the, the Cowboys are going to manage to screw this up. And this is, oh, I can't believe we Well, they could still do that. There's yeah, still that possibility. Yeah, of course they can. <laughs> but, yeah, if we've, we, we can't believe we drafted Kenneth Murray. I, I hate the new Cowboy that we've drafted at 17. Uh, you know, it's still a week and a half for, for the draft. But So you're saying I shouldn't go ahead and record the, the Friday podcast of Kenneth Murray at pick 17? I'm saying I mean, that we people are already right getting their I hate Kenneth Murray as the Cowboy takes out a week and a half before he before anyone's even been drafted. I, yeah, I mean, I, me included. I, yeah, go ahead. I just think he's he's a name that's on a list. Yeah, I mean, I think that they like him. I think that they uh, – clearly they like him. I just mm-hmm. and I think that they are interested in getting a linebacker. I just don't see. I just don't believe. I don't see the fit. Yeah, I don't I, see the fit at all. I, I don't see the fit. I don't believe the the smokescreen stuff. It's the timing of it is incredibly suspicious. I mean, like I said, there's a difference between you hearing from whispers back in February that a player is that the player is liked by the Cowboys, and then mm-hmm. to literally. The official kickoff of lying season, the the two week mark before the uh, the draft, uh, uh, to the day they the, the 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 you know the chum starts getting into the water that Kenneth Murray is the the pick that the Cowboys the guys that the Cowboys are targeting are zooming in on. I I just you know it doesn't seem to add up. They they don't seem to be looking at any other first round. You know, off-ball linebackers, uh, other than Zach Bond, if you want to consider Zach Bond to be that, which I, I don't imagine anybody's looking at Zach Bond as a purely as a first-rounder, purely off-ball linebacker. I, I don't, I don't see that. Um, and and then not mm-hmm. including Queen in that in in that look. Uh, I just think I tend to think that this is a guy that the Cowboys are in, you know have interest in, like the player. Uh, but to me, this feels like chum in the water to kind of muddy what, what they're trying to do, hopefully to either ward off someone jumping them to, uh, uh, you know, hop them to try to get Henderson or Chase on or uh, just, you know, to throw smoke into the water so they don't so people don't know smoke into the water. I'm mixing my mm-hmm. metaphors. Uh, yeah, yeah. Throwing smoke out there that, that so teams won't know what they're trying to, to essentially do. And, and again. The other thing that we should consider here is that, you know, that the, the Cowboys clearly the names that we keep hearing. I, I mean, it's a lot of trade back option stuff. So maybe. Well, that, I think that's what's difficult here is the guys at seventeen could also be considered trade back options because that's typically where they're valued, right? Is in the mid twenties. So maybe they have a a uh, a trade, you know, on the table for a trade back. Yeah. I mean. The, the, I, I kind of keep getting the sense that they feel confident that they're going to be trading back or that they like, you know, that that's part of their, 
Well, can can I add this in here? I, I think I think there's four names that they would consider after those top two of Henderson and Chase on that uh, they would feel okay about drafting at 17, but would feel great about drafting at 27. Uh, and I think those names would be would be Kenneth Murray, Trevon Diggs, the cornerback from Alabama, uh, Xavier McKinney, the safety from Alabama, because he can do a lot of the same things as like a, yeah. a linebacker nickel packages. And the other one is Uter Gross Matos, the defensive end from Penn State. Uh, he's probably fourth on that list, uh, but I know there's a lot of people in that building that like him. He's a really, really good athlete, uh, probably needs some seasoning, but play the 3-4 or, or, or a 4-3, but probably too rich at 17. So I think you're right. I think these are all guys that the Cowboys would target in a trade back, uh, but if they have to stand in there and pick, I'm curious to what to what they would do. Would they? My gut tells me it would probably come down to Diggs or Murray, um, but I don't know. It's going to be fascinating to see how this plays out. Yeah. I mean, I think that's really where, where it's at is what does all this mean? I, I, to me, it, it again, it feels like they have a deal with with somebody, somebody the to, on the table to trade yep. back. You know, and, and, and maybe that's tenuous and maybe it's it's uh, conditional based on what's on the board at the time. Oh, I'm so, 100% sure it's conditional, right? So, it, so depending sure on Jordan Love. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I'm sure that they're doing, you know, um, due diligence all the way across. But I, I it, it's hard not to look at what they're doing and get the idea that at least they are thinking or hoping that they're trading down. Or that they're not. I mean, I think, I mean, right, right. I think that they think that they're trading down as well. I mean, it's smart for the Cowboys to to interview and talk to a lot of the different guys um, you know, at all stages of the draft because you never know what's going to present itself. You never know if you know somebody's going to offer you um, you know, uh, you know, a big package to move down, you know, out of the first round or down to 27 or whatever. So um, fascinating to see what's going to happen here with the Cowboys. I'm sure, again, we'll get more information over the next week. I'm sure we'll get lied to a million times between then. Uh, but we'll continue to kind of parse through all that information, uh, you know, over the next eight, nine days. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.